Hello and welcome to the Spectator's Americano podcast, a series of discussions about American politics and the Trump presidency in 2017. I'm Freddie Gray and I'm deputy editor of The Spectator. I'm joined today by Asawin Subseng, who is politics reporter at the Daily Beast, covering the White House and the Trump administration. And we're going to be talking about the craziness of Anthony Scaramucci. Asawin, from our very distant perspective, uh, it looked a little bit like the Trump administration might be, I think, becoming boring would be putting it too strongly. But certainly things were not quite as uh, exciting as they have been. I mean, the Russia stuff keeps on going on and on and on. And then, of course, there's health care, which is very important, but not a, not exactly a sexy subject. And then suddenly into the mix comes this Anthony Scaramucci uh, who seems like, uh, straight from central casting, um, destined to make the Trump farce ever greater. What do you make of him? Uh, the injection uh, one week ago, officially, of Anthony Scaramucci into the White House's bloodstream as the uh, newly anointed communications director um, very much gave this White House yet another heavy dose of reality TV yeah. that had been, as you pointed out, waning ever so slightly, maybe in the past few weeks or a few months. But uh, this is the latest very outlandish character in Trump world who has been handed by President Trump uh, what is, quite frankly, whether we like it or not, one of the most powerful positions and certainly one of the most powerful communications and communicator positions yeah. on the face of the planet. And uh, it's, it goes, it, it's very well known that uh, this guy, Anthony Scaramucci, who calls himself the Mooch, that's his preferred nickname, doesn't have this kind of experience. He isn't a seasoned communications operator. He's not a seasoned uh, political operator or political operative, or uh, someone who has a resume that any other administration I can think of would think to themselves, yeah, this is the guy you got to give the communications director post to. Yeah. But he is a genuinely successful hedge funder. He's not just a sort of media hedge funder, is he? He's, I mean, Correct, correct. He, he has had, uh, like, like the president himself, um, Anthony Scaramucci has had success in the business world. He... He is also um, a darling of that sort of tabloid and uh, Wall Street media that's largely based in New York City because he's, uh, for years, has not been shy about talking to the press. He yes. likes making himself the story. He, uh, you can, dare I say, there are some Trumpian elements to him in terms of how uh, he enjoys feeding the media and presenting himself as sort of a flamboyant TV character. Uh, he briefly hosted a show, I believe it was on Fox Business, yeah. which is the business channel, sister channel, or sister network to uh, Fox News. So uh, he certainly is not, he, he's not camera shy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's quite a funny video of him uh, talking to Obama from, uh, I think, 2009, 2010, uh, where he sort of, asks Obama a, a, a question, and he's very, he's very sure of himself there. Where he, uh, it's been a while since I've seen the clip, but I think he's valiantly defending the rich, yes. which is, you know, kind, kind of makes him ready for Fox News prime time. He tells Obama he's, you know, you're, you're beating up on Wall Street, and Obama quite cleverly says, uh, well, I keep hearing billionaires saying they're being beaten up, <laughs> and I just don't think that they've got it so bad. So, but but it, it's interesting that he's always been a sort of media figure. Uh, he has been for 
um, I don't know exactly how many years, but uh, he's he's certainly been someone I've known on the periphery of my coverage for quite some time. And certainly that kicked into high gear during during the Trump presidential transition. He was an advisor to the transition. Uh, he has also been a media surrogate uh, for then President-elect Trump and in the time since, obviously, President Trump. And there was this uh, really funny moment, actually, on I actually think it was on the BBC where he went on to say that... Oh, yes, with Emily Maitlis, yeah. Right, right, right. Um, uh, this was during the transition period, right before Trump uh, ascended to the presidency, where he was telling the BBC that, oh, it's, it's going to be great. Donald Trump is awesome. He's pro-LGBT. In fact, Elton John is going to be playing uh, the Trump inauguration, <laughs> which was a surprising thing to announce. So immediately after that happened, I emailed uh, Elton John's uh, spokeswoman. And within just a couple of minutes, she immediately emailed me back. Uh, no, like <laughs> Elton John will not be playing the Trump inauguration. So to this day, I still have no idea whether Anthony Scaramucci got that uh, pit of bit of fake information. <laughs> but but we've I mean, it, I think it had been reported before, but it emerged spectacularly yesterday that he feels he was blocked or cock blocked, as he put it, by Rince Priebus <laughs> six months ago. And he so he thought he should have had a job in the administration from the start. Is that right? Yes, yes. And Rince Priebus, along with other senior staffers in the White House, did kill that top administration post earlier, obviously yeah. in the months since uh, Priebus's stock has fallen within Trump's uh, political inner circle. So he was he, along with Steve Bannon and Sean Spicer and Sarah Huckabee Sanders and other key administration officials in Trump's White House, who were trying to prevent uh, Scaramucci from coming in and taking the uh, communications director job because um, they thought he was an amateur, not ready for West Wing prime time. Yeah. He had no business taking this kind of job. They obviously failed to convince the president, and the president gave him the job anyway. Uh, so coming into this job, uh, Anthony Scaramucci, um, a bunch of his senior uh, partners in crime, uh, his fellow senior staffers in Trump's White House, mm. um, are actively looking at him as someone who shouldn't be there. And he knows that. It's no secret. And as this uh, interview with Ryan Lizza in The New Yorker showed yesterday, where he used very colorful language to uh, slam both Ryan Priebus and to a lesser extent Steve Bannon, um, it goes to show that he doesn't have much love to lose for them either. Yes. I mean, it does strike me that this must be the most foul-mouthed White House ever, certainly publicly. <laughs> oh, publicly is the operative term there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> certainly all White Houses are foul-mouthed. This one is just a little bit more lax about putting it in print and on TV. Yes. I saw you said on Twitter that you you have a GOP source who's called Rince Priebus lots of other things. Oh, yeah, yes. This is in the story I published yesterday with my uh, colleague Lachlan Marquet, who is the mm. other White House reporter here at the Daily Beast, where um, we sort of reported on the, uh, obviously, what's uh, bubbling up to be quite another uh, episode of internal drama and palace intrigue within Trump world. Mm. Uh, but one of the things we found from people who have known Scaramucci for a long time is that privately, uh, for quite, quite some time now, he, uh, he has sort of made it a habit to privately complain about Reince Priebus. And he has ascribed to the current White House chief of staff um, uh, fun little nicknames, including Reince Penis. Reince Penis. Penis. Yes. Reince Penis. 
rinse penis, <laughs> rancid penis. And I've also heard of Reince pubis. Like, so obviously, you know, a great Oscar Wilde. And, it's a name that lends itself to... At work, yes. <laughs> yeah. So it seems to me today, Trump has tweeted that it's a shame that, you know, the media are on Scaramucci's back when all he was trying to do was destroy the leakers. That it seems to me, if there it is... It really some... doesn't seem like that's all he's trying to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems to me that Trump appears to be then on Scaramucci's side. If there is a sort of Bannon faction which is allied to Priebus in this particular fight, then is it is it fair to say Trump seems to be on Scaramucci's side against Bannon and this is more of a sign that Bannon is not as influential as he used to be? No, I, I don't think that's true at all. And it, it's more complicated than a Priebus side and a, yeah. a Bannon side. Like Priebus and Bennett have sort of a marriage of convenience that's been going on for months right now. Uh, th- that's well known. Um, but the way I describe it is like, look, if Reince Priebus were hit by a truck tomorrow, Bannon probably wouldn't shed a tear or care at all. Having said that, um, he would much prefer to see Scaramucci ejected from the White House than Reince Priebus. At at this time, it is incredibly doubtful that Bannon would get that wish, at least for now. So it's not really a matter of Trump being against Scaramucci and, sorry, for Scaramucci and against Bannon. He's basically for both of them right now. It's just that Scaramucci is the current shiny object. Yes, And the uh, another thing I have to point out, and this is also in my report from uh, uh, yesterday afternoon from me and Lachlan Marquet, uh, the funniest thing to me about Anthony Scaramucci becoming the most, what, what is perhaps the most powerful communications professional on the face of the planet right now, yeah. um, is that we have heard from people who have known him for years that when talking to other people or with reporters even uh, privately, he has had a habit previously of confusing key communications terms like deep background, on background, off the record, and sometimes completely forgetting to ask for off the record status when he means to be off the record with people he's talking to. So, I mean, it is true that some people will sometimes forget that, even people working in politics or media, and sometimes fudge that. But you shouldn't really get to have that excuse or that bug in your system if you are the communications director for a White House. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. It's, insane. It, it's almost like uh, America giving the presidency to a guy who's never had any government experience. It's right. almost like that. It's almost <laughs> like that. I, 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 can't imagine imagine that. Be a, I can't imagine where there'd be a real world parallel. Yeah. Um, but and for since I'm talking to a mostly British audience uh, right now, I'm, a point I made yesterday on Twitter which might play better with you guys and people stateside is that um, if, for people who have watched the third season of uh, the Armando Iannucci show, the sick of it yeah. in the very end, when Tom Hollander, the actor shows up to play uh, Cal, yeah. who's basically the Tory Malcolm Tucker, yeah. watch a clip of that on YouTube. And that is who Anthony Scaramucci thinks he is. Yes. That is the kind of enforcer and a communications director he, he, he envisions himself as being, which I think can tell you just, just by watching those clips of Cal from the thick of it on YouTube, you can get a sense for um, how uh, uh, positively, or should I say fiercely, uh, Mr. Scaramucci uh, feels about himself. 
Yes. He's he's also very obviously a New Yorker, which Trump must like. I mean, he talks like a what he probably is as an Italian New Yorker. Yes, yes, uh, very flamboyant, very um, wannabe street tough, as yeah. as the president himself is. I, I remember reading. I think it was either an old New York magazine or Vanity Fair article. I think it was from the early '90s or late '80s, where it was quoting then future president Donald Trump, obviously back then real estate mogul. Um, who was talking to a friend in a limousine where he said, you got to treat women like shit uh, because <laughs> that's, that, that, that's the only way they'll respect you. And they love it when you do that. And, and, um, and, and then his friend goes on to tell him, you know what? You'd make a good mafioso. And then Trump just says the best, <laughs> like these are two, these are two guys who uh, have common links and, um, and have a rapport in many respects, but among them um, that rise to the top is both their penchant and uh, passion for demeaning people and at least imagining that they're the toughest guy in the room, that mm. if Michael Corleone walked in, they'd be able to shoot him in the face and have no consequences before them. Like uh, that, that's kind of the mindset we're dealing with um, in a cartoonish way. With again, I must reiterate some of the most powerful people on the face of the planet. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a it's a remarkable American political landscape. I'm based here in Washington D.C., where I report on the White House and talk to people working in the White House day in and day out. Yeah, and it, it's fascinating. It's absolutely fascinating. I I, I could uh, use other adjectives to describe it, but I'm not sure how PG-13 rated your podcast is. I don't know. I think we've we've done uh, rinse penis. I think we could we can go for it. But uh, lastly, I'd just like to ask you, and I don't really like making people do predictions, but I, I would like to ask in this case, I mean, how long do you think he can possibly last as White House head of communications? Because it seems to me this could just be a sort of summer crazy thing that then blows out of hand and he finally has to go because he's obviously quite an explosive figure. I predict that within seven months, he will stage a coup <laughs> and become emperor of the former United States of America and Steve <laughs> Bannon will seize, I don't know, the state of Wisconsin and make that the free republic of American nationalism. I don't know, man. Uh, but, but, but to answer your question seriously for a moment, I got, don't be surprised if he's there for a long duration. That's <laughs> yeah. all I can say. I, I mean, that's a big mystery of this White House. When it comes to senior staffers, for so many of them, you're not surprised you wouldn't be surprised if they were canned or if they bolted in a week. You also mm. wouldn't be surprised if they were there for a thousand years. Yeah. Uh, yet another way in which this is, this is this is watching a reality show starring Donald Trump, except on except instead of just being on NBC and in syndication, it, it it's you know their nuclear launch codes and uh, bombing Syria and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Aswin, I hope you'll talk to us again about what happens. Maybe when uh, we have em Empress Scaramucci in seven months' time. Oh hell yeah! This was a lot of fun. You guys run a good show. Just a reminder that you can subscribe to this podcast anytime on iTunes. So please do and have a very nice weekend. Mm -hmm.